0: Good morning good morning good morning and welcome to Zambia blog talk radio it is December 7th 2019 we do thank you for joining us from whichever part of the world you are listening good morning Canada good afternoon Europe good evening the Western Pacific world and good afternoon Zambia good afternoon Africa and good morning America we do thank you for joining us on this special as we begin this special series Of our uh, political discussions uh, things to do with governance and uh, democracy this is what we are dedicating the month of December to and we do trust that you are going to join us for the whole month of December as we feature our political leaders specifically those that will be contending for the presidential elections in the 2021 as our beloved country Zambia uh, will be uh, holding its presidential and parliamentary elections. Let me say good morning to my colleagues here before we engage our special guest. Uh, Kelvin, good morning. Good
1: morning, Pastor Kama, How are you? How's everything in Dallas?
0: Dallas is okay. It's getting a little cold. We are not so used to that, but it's all right. Dr. Monsange, good morning from Pennsylvania.
2: <laughs> uh, good morning Nathan. I'm looking forward to listening to my friend Nevis Mumba this morning.
0: I know you you and Dr. Mumba. Every time Dr. Mumba is here, Dr. Musanje, you never cease to appear. Uh, Noah, good morning and welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Good morning, Nathan. Morning everyone.
0: Morning, Montitas, Minnesota. How are things up there, my brother? I know you are frozen. <laughs> Not really, but things are okay. Good morning, everybody. All right. I'm left, I'm on the Excellent. Uh our discussion today is going to range over a wide range of issues that we're going to discuss with Dr. Mumba. And we value our relationship with Dr. Mumba. The radio show is one of those in our leadership of our, our national leaders who have supported us. Is always there when we call upon him we all know the little history of what has happened to the movement for multi-party democracy uh once the party that was in government and they have gone through a period of two to three years of a legal battle over the presidency of the party we shall get into our discussion here and our guest has joined us uh dr neva smumba is the president of the movement for multi-party democracy is the founder of victory ministries international and for the sake of those who might not know next year victory will be celebrating 40 years and on this occasion of that 40 years we shall we that's not our subject of discussion today i just thought that i should mention that and uh, i am waking up to some news here that one of dr mumba's mentor and somebody who helped him through uh, the ministry, and in early years of ministry, just going to be with the Lord, uh, the Reverend Reynard Bonke. Dr. Mumba, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us.
4: Well, Nathan, thank you so much, and um, may I extend my greeting to Dr. Musanje and uh, in Pennsylvania, of course, my dear brother and friend, uh, Kelvin, Noah, and Titus in Minnesota. I say hello to all of you. Um, yeah, I think you have said it right. Uh, the past one hour has been one of the most difficult hours I've had in a long time. I just received a message from Daniel Kolenda just telling me that my spiritual father has gone to be with the Lord. So I was just thinking a lot of people call me their spiritual father,
5: but there, <laughs>
4: there it goes. Now my own spiritual father is gone and, um, it's a very difficult time, but obviously, we have lost an apostle in Africa, and uh, without him, probably my life would have taken a different trajectory. So, we are in prayer for the Bonke family, we are in prayer with Stephen and all the many Africans across this continent who have derived their faith in God through his commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we we have lost a giant, But, you know, of course, I'm just taking advantage of this uh, radio interview to express the deepest uh, condolences, especially that you mentioned it yourself. It is true I am broken, but
0: um, we're going to work through this interview somehow. Yes, sir. And uh, all of us, some of who oh, have got a history and come from uh, Christianity goes back to the late 70s, early 80s, can testify I remember my experiences in the yellow tent, and uh, it's just—I uh, I, was—I was even saying to myself, "I was like, well, I just need to get ready." Dr. Mumba might just tell me, "I don't think this is a good time for me to do this," but uh, I'm grateful that uh, you are standing fast, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit will encourage and lift all of us here as we as we go through this. Uh, let me begin by saying. Congratulations on the, on this legal battle. It dragged for three years, I believe. My first question to you, Dr. Mumba, is the MMD presidency legal battle over? Can we say it's a closed case? Uh,
4: thank you once again. Well, uh, first of all, um, I want to thank you for the congratulatory message that uh, you've given to me. I'll surrender it all to the brave men and women of the movement for multi-party democracy that were subjected to uh, such a painful season uh, when they could have been participating in the political process of the country, but unfortunately they could not uh, participate. Um, Answering your question, I would say in principle, the question that brought the division and the problem in the movement for multi-party democracy has been resolved uh, in its completeness. However, I need to mention that it was such a landmark judgment uh, Mm. which actually went beyond what all of us had thought in terms of its impact on the two parties. In effect, what it was saying was that convention that our colleagues held uh, by law was never held and Honorable Mutati was never president of MMD uh, together with his team. And therefore, anything that had been done during that time by that group, everything was an illegality. So it really had some deep uh, um, interpretation to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But having said that, the main question that was being asked was whether the convention that our colleagues went and had in Cabo in 2016 was legal or not. Meaning, if it was not legal, that everything they did was an illegality and created the, the crisis that we face. And obviously, the court found that to be true and sided with our position uh, that that convention, uh, which has brought these problems, was totally illegal. So, having mm. said that, they are, like in the United States, when you have an earthquake somewhere or anywhere in the world, there are what you call aftershocks. And yes. um, you should expect aftershocks, especially if it was a huge, uh, you know, uh, earthquake. And so we do have a few uh, aftershocks. One of those is that one of the gentlemen in their team, uh, not Honorable Mutati, not Honorable Blakrima, who were the main owners of the case, uh, but an honorable chief that decided to appeal uh, the judgment to uh, the appeals court and ask for a stay. Uh, I think it's a week or and a half ago that uh, his appeal for a stay was thrown out again. And uh, therefore, those are some of the aftershocks. And uh, we we'll okay. continue to monitor what is happening, but so far, so good.
0: All right. MMD is obviously. Uh, a I? what can we say a big party a lot of prominent people uh i'm trying to understand from you after this judgment as former president Rupia banda reached out to you what's your relationship with mr mutati and the other people you've mentioned like in Bulakulima and the others what where, where do things stand now
4: well first of all let me give you uh, my position uh, my position is that the thing. That divided us was an action that was taken by our colleagues uh, to do what they did. And we needed an answer uh, from an mm. arbitrator. And uh, that answer was given on the 5th of November. And the answer was that our colleagues had uh, misconducted themselves and did something that was not really um, uh, in line with our Constitution. So, since that question was settled, from the from my point of view, and Nelson and the others you have worked with me before. Once an issue is settled with me, it is settled. I have moved on, and there is nothing personal between me and President Rupiah Banda, who was in the forefront of that convention. There is nothing between me and Mr. Mutati, who I have worked with before for many years. Even when I was in government, he was Deputy Minister of Commerce when I was mm-hmm. Vice President. Um, I have we have moved on, and I do not think that. We are going to resurrect that issue to start to use it against each other. I think, to me, we wanted to resolve this matter using civility instead of violence of beating each other up and setting our cadres against their cadres in order to find what they used to call a political solution. We chose to go to the courts of law uh, to give mm-hmm. us guidance on this matter, and they did. And therefore, I do not experience any kind of hostility uh, towards these friends. Uh, but to be specific, no, we have not um, uh, received uh, any kind of uh, message from President Kupia Banda. Uh, I don't know. I th- have to wait. Maybe he's still going to send it, but maybe that's mm-hmm. not the, the result. is expected. But the truth of the matter is I think as a party we have moved on and our concentration is on mobilizing ourselves to become, to recapture the space that we lost in the last three years and to get back our political space in preparation for 2021.
0: Excellent. You are, in, in this discussion, you are using the word aftershock of an earthquake. And obviously, a lot of work has to be done here moving forward. There is the issue of uh, the, the current members of parliament that you have in the House. And uh, my question here is, what is your strategy to harmonize the party at every level nationwide?
4: Well, first of all, I think the movement for multi-party democracy, as you are aware, is 29 years old. Um, Therefore, it has within itself mechanisms within which it resets itself. Um, It's not one of those things where you have to uh, personally go there and insist on one or two things. It's got very traditional mechanisms uh, that come into play when some kind of problem has been resolved for example Mm -hmm. the problem that we had in the party was that those was dualism in leadership because some of the colleagues created their own leadership parallel to my leadership and therefore a lot of our people split uh, between these two things because they didn't have this information which we had that they had actually outstepped their boundaries therefore some people followed those people naturally the problem with that is that not the problem the way mmd resolves its problem is that now that uh, the issue has been resolved um members of the movement for multi-party democracy have always realigned themselves with the actual legitimate leadership of the party the allegiance of true members of the mmd has always been to the party yes to the oh. president to some extent, but mostly it's to the political party. My example is there, in 2005, uh, I was expelled from the party, but at that time, I was really commanding crowds because President Chiluba the was supporting my candidacy at the convention to take place, and there was almost a, a feeling that we're going to win that convention. And I was expelled. And hundreds of chairmen across the nation were expelled together with me and suspended. Uh, And therefore, when I was out of the picture, expelled from the party, there was no dual allegiance by people. They moved back to the movement for multi-party democracy, because that is where they feel uh, their political activity is going to be best from. That's what they consider to be their political organization. And I expect the same to happen now, that members of parliament who are in the House, we do not have to deal with them to say, are you loyal to us or are you not loyal to us? Because we expect them to follow the, uh, you know, what the political party has prescribed for itself. And if any one of them feels they don't want to do that, then the National Executive Committee will be notified and a decision will be made concerning that individual member of parliament or individuals who feel they don't want to go in this direction. But it will be premature for us to start to make statements as to what's going to happen in that regard. Um, I just had two of our members of parliament last night uh, who came to give me a, uh, to pay me a courtesy call and, uh, uh, you know, and just pledge their allegiance both to myself and to the political party. And we hope that... The rest of them are going to follow suit, Uh, but it is something I expect to happen, uh, and therefore we think and believe that the moment we start our national tour, uh, our membership shall rise in all the 10 provinces of our country.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, we're glad to hear uh, some of the things that are happening and those two legislators coming to visit you. Uh, Dr. Mumba is a leader of a major political party. Obviously, national issues of governance that are prevailing in the country right now. Uh, you have a, 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 you are in a place where people would like to know where not just where you stand, but where the MMD stands on this issue. Here. I want us to switch gears. You have cleared the air on where things stand as a party after the three years' legal battle. Let's talk about some national issues going on right now. Um, one one of the questions that was forwarded to me by our 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 regular listeners is: the ruling party decided to form what they called is it a national dialogue forum? Uh, which right. brought about yes the the contentious bill number ten my question is what prompted the formation of the national dialogue forum?
4: Wow, very good question uh, Nathan and, and I hope that this explanation would help because um, uh, together with my other colleagues in the opposition and in the political uh, We were there from the beginning of this matter. And what I explain now is basically the genesis of this um, NDF. uh, Yes. And I thought that I needed to put it in perspective. Look, the genesis of NDF, uh, you may not believe it, it was a desire for dialogue. When there was a feeling that the country was extremely divided uh, along political lines and against tribal lines, uh, along tribal lines, And the nation felt that we should move forward as a nation and find a way in which the opposition and the ruling party can come together and find a way in which they can start to reduce the tension and the differences that are existing uh, between uh, the two uh, sides. So the church came in uh, to help us to become the mediator uh, between government, patriotic front, and the opposition political party at that time. And it was agreed that they were going to take responsibility of that dialogue. Unfortunately for us, uh, that process broke down. Um, The Patriotic Front, for some reason, felt that it was not going to be a fair discourse. Uh, There were accusations that were railed against the part of the church that were supporting the opposition uh, position, and therefore they may not be the best mediators in this matter. So that's how that broke down. Now, I was right in the middle of this together with my colleague. and if you were to ask me, how did that morph into the NDF? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but eventually we found that it had morphed in what was now being called the NDF uh, which was government driven uh, by, by and large. Mm. And um, one of Professor Monal, Monalushi from the Cover Belt was made the chairman of the NDF and uh, making the church uh, you know, be observers to this process. Uh, but that's not really what our concern is, or the concern of many Zambians. The concern of many Zambians were the issues that it now moved from a dialogue. To relieve tension and reduce tension to what mm. now became constitution-making process, which was not really the the beginning of this discussion. Of course, if the okay. dialogue had ended at the point where it was important to adjust some issues in the constitutions, would have arrived there together after dialogue. But obviously, this matter uh, uh, morphed into uh, morphed into Uh, a constitution-making process. But what is more surprising was the elements that were brought to the table, things like the introduction of deputy uh, ministers, the possibility of forming a coalition government, uh, issues that nobody knew where they came from. Uh, Usually the constitution-making processes start... Uh, To collect the views and the concerns of the Zambian people then they culminate into the Body that is trying to make constitutional changes meeting to analyze what Zambians want and after consensus After consensus then they are going to say Zambians want deputy ministers back Zambians want to go into the coalition government, but basically that's not what happened. So to be honest It was a, a process that had a lot of potential to divide the country, and as I speak now, it remains one of the most contentious bills that we've ever had. I'm glad mm-hmm. that they have deferred it to the next city. I'm praying that between now and February next year, decisions are going to be made in the interest of the nation, where this bill is not going to be a contentious bill that divides the country, but rather... Achieves the goal of a proper dialogue if it had taken place. So we hope that peace will be the outcome of this bill if it continues and not the division that we have seen over the
0: past few months. Hmm. I, I, Dr. Mumba, I don't know what questions my colleagues who have called in may have about this, but this, this is more of this point I'm going to make is more of from my heart a frustrated citizen why are we so engrossed with the constitution making process we've been doing this for years we spent so much money on this and this is what i was saying to a colleague this national dialogue uh, forum okay decides to go and have a meeting in fiavonga that's an expense couldn't they just have used one boardroom at the Ministry of Finance, or I'm sure there are so many boardrooms the, at the ministry departments, but they went to Siavonga. And if I was to say how much was spent in Siavonga, those figures will not be given. But oh, the education system still remains in a deplorable state. The health sector, no change, no improvement. You live in Lusaka. You just had rains a few weeks or few months ago. It flooded again. Sanitation, drainage, no attention. The country is in perpetual load shedding, and we are still wasting money on the constitution. I fail to understand that, Doctor Mumba.
4: Well, first of all, let me put things in perspective. Um, Constitutional refinement and constitutional reviews for any country are extremely cardinal uh, because the constitutional reviews in our part of the world uh, reflect uh, how governance is executed by those who have been given the trust by the Zambian people in our case. Uh, So we have nothing against any need that may arise that we have a constitutional review process. Uh, Or refinement of our constitution This is not the first time we are doing this But I Mm. think governance Has something we call Priority lists Uh, Governance Has to do with your ability To read The priorities Of your citizens What is really critical to them Do they want us to change Clause uh, 13 uh, Subsection 1 Uh, in order to ensure that um, deputy ministers come back, for instance. Mm -hmm. Now, about the fact that we are looking at an economy that's plummeting and going down ever since the movement for party democracy left government. I mean, these are facts that are there. So to an ordinary Zambia, the constitutional review process did Meant very little in comparison to the needs that they have. This is why I'm saying that time has come for the patriotic front government and all of us in the body politic to assume a position of needing to understand the pain that our people are going through. The meal that in MMD days was going at 35 kwacha is going at 175 kwacha today. The dollar which was at 3.5 kwacha to a dollar. Today, rather yesterday, it reached at 15.6 to a dollar. The foreign reserves that we left at MMD were $3 billion for three, four months of export, uh, or rather import cover. Today, we have come from $3 billion to $1.4 billion. So our reserves have depleted. Uh, and I can keep going uh, uh, all the way to the interest rates. I can go now to the economic growth uh, rates. When we took over MMD from uh, the unique government, the co- economy was growing at something like 3.4%. When we left government as MMD, the, the, the economic growth was left at 7.4%, the highest the economy of Zambia has ever grown. Uh, in recent history. PF took over from us from 7.4 percent growth, and today as I speak, there's a projection that in 2020 we might even go as low as 2 percent economic growth. So really we are going down, and both the patriotic front and the people of Zambia must now come to face reality and say this is not about hating anybody, doing politics of hatred and bitterness. It's a question that the path we have taken is taking us down the slope. So we need to pull up our socks and change the direction of this, um, of this trend and take it into a trajectory that brings prosperity and development to our nation. So basically, to answer your question, it is totally a wrong time to start a fight on whether minister, deputy minister should come back, whether we should use the system of coalition government, uh, and many other things which, at another time, could be very appropriate, maybe. But I think our position as the movement for multi-party democracy is that we are happy that it has been deferred, so that we have enough time as a nation to breathe through what we want to achieve and really see whether this thing is going to give us the uh, the reprieve that we need uh, to improve our economy, uh, to improve the quality of life of our people, and to make Zambians happier than they are now. If those are not going to be realized, then I think we need to change course. So that's my position. It's a matter of priority, and I think government must ensure that they have the correct priority list in order for the Zambians to feel that they are being cared for.
0: Excellent. You're listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio, our December special series of issues of governance, democracy, and uh dealing with political issues uh with our guest is dr nevas mumba president for the movement for multi-party democracy those of you that have called in if you would like to ask a question to dr mumba please press one on your phone so that i may know that uh, you would like to have a question i don't want to start calling on people or putting anybody uh on the spot uh, okay uh let me uh, let, let's dwell on this whilst on this matter, since it's the elephant in the house if we may say so. Uh well, Alan, did you have a question on this or I don't want us to divert from the subject?
4: Uh, I did. My
1: my my worry is that um uh, and, and good morning or uh, good afternoon, Doctor
4: Mumba. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and your leadership. Good but my, my worry with, with the opposition in uh, Zambia, is that we seem to be focused on just how do I get into state house, and we don't really care to solve problems that arise. So my fear is that, like other issues that have arisen in Zambia, uh, you're, after two weeks you're gonna forget about this, and the opposition will not even talk about it. Because let's say, for instance, with the spending of $1 dollars on a track, nobody has been held accountable. It's a it's a dead story, and they move on. So I think that's why the, M- the, the, the ruling party will have the audacity to try and make changes that are not in the interest of the party, because they know that even you in the opposition are going to make noise for a month and it's going to be dead, and they'll go ahead and do whatever they want to do. So our fear, or my fear, is that this uh, bill, as atrocious as it is, is going to go ahead. By the next meeting, they're going to pass it whether quietly- or legally or illegally, and the opposition will have forgotten about it because we're all focused on, I have to get this to the State House and we don't really uh, look out for the interests of our people. Uh, uh, who, who, am, who, who is this? Sorry, I only heard your voice. What's the name? Um, Alan Mulenga in Tampa, Florida. Oh, Florida, yes. Um, listen, uh, Mr. Mulenga, thank you so much for your uh, contribution. Um Maybe let me just give my views um that maybe you need to uh, not put the opposition in one box and say everyone who is in the opposition just wants to go to state house. I think maybe that would be uh, too much of an accusation um, without without saying you are wrong, I think that you are right in many ways, but I do not think that that is the feeling of every opposition leader. Of course, you form a political organisation or you belong to a political organisation in order to form government, so that you can change the evils that you are witnessing while you are in the opposition. Um, therefore, I think that we need to put it in perspective. Having said that, um, you know, the, every opposition set of opposition leaders has to make certain decisions. Let's take, for instance, Bill 10 that you know, uh, is, is ongoing now. The opposition civil society chiefs all across the spectrum have spoken and for the most part demanded that either it is totally changed or actually abandoned because they felt that the issues that were raised were not really representative of what the Zambian people want to see And and so there was that first step. The second step, when there was a feeling that government was going to bulldoze it, uh, demonstrations began on the street by civil society. Some of them were joined by political parties. I'm sure you've been following that. The police issued a statement that you do any demonstration, this is going to happen. And they started to do those things as the police. Even that did not scare a lot of people because Zambians are very determined to get what they Want to get. But what Zambians don't do is to become violent. They have tried to restrain themselves. It doesn't matter how the government behaves, they are going to speak. They will become sometimes, you know, use bad language. uh, But to get them to get into a full fledged war on the streets with government and the police, uh, I haven't really seen that in a very long time. So it's just the nature of Zambians, to the extent that even if an opposition leader was to get there and fight on the street. At the end of the day, you might just fight with six other people out there, and before long, of course, they're gonna be in jail. But that doesn't scare any one of us, in any case. The point that I want to make is that we are doing everything in our power. Like we have said, MMD was in this state of paralysis for the past three three years. So we really did not uh, participate fully in uh, the operations of, 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 of governance matters. But now we are back, and our commitment is to ensure that we speak on behalf of the Zambian people and we make our position known. The good thing about MMD, we have a history of how we performed in different sectors. I'm not saying we were excellent in all sectors. That would be an anomaly in my statement, but I can say that there were many successes that were scored by the movement for multi-party democracy, including... Um, you know, getting rid of the debt stock that we found of $7.4 billion to almost zero. $500 million is what was left when we left government. Now it has gone back to almost 13 billion billion. That's uh, just um, external debt. If we add $60 billion of, the, of local debt, the, the debt has skyrocketed uh, high. But the point still remains that MMD has a moral right to challenge areas. And I hope that my colleagues in the party, together with other members of the opposition, will rise up to this challenge, speak on behalf of the Zambian people, and ensure that government is caged when they want to do something that may not be in the interest of the Zambian people. That's all I can promise, uh, as we are just coming back on the scene.
0: Okay. Thank you, Alan. Let's let's take one more question. Let's take one more yes. question before we, just a moment. Uh, Dr. Patrick, did you have a question?
5: Yes, okay. yes, you. I do. Yes, I do. Um, greetings, uh, my my brother, Honorable Mumba, I, Dr. Mumba. It's been a while since we Thank talked you. and since you appeared on the Zombie Block Talk radio, so it's always an honor to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you uh, uh, Dr. Mumba I have I, Not only I But the Zombie Blog Talk Radio family Have um, Called together Five points That we would like For you to add You and the party To add As planks to your platform And I won't go over the five But I'll go over the First three That's, uh, that's major On our mind and we're hoping that you will convert, when I say you and your party, to uh, shall. So, um, so this, is, this is what we have. Will you and your party have a plan to eradicate malaria? Meaning that we're hoping that you shall have a plank on your platform to eradicate malaria. The second is, will you and your party establish an FDIC-like protections for depositors? Uh, In the United States, it's the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, so we're looking at protecting the depositors. And third, will you and your party establish and finance economic cooperatives in, in, uh, in Zambia? And I'll stop there. Hopefully... No, can you
4: you give me the second one again?
5: Yes. Will you and your party establish an FDIC, a federal deposit insurance corporation, uh, that will provide protections for depositors?
4: All right. All right.
5: Uh, First of all, let me
4: start. uh, Is that Dr. Patrick? Yes. Right. Great. Well, listen, let me start with your first point of malaria. Um, As you're aware, um, let me put it this way. Yes, the answer is yes to the malaria issue. It is one of my issues of concern. Uh, But if you remember, I was ambassador to Cuba uh, until 2011. And I had a lot of interaction with the Cuban government. And we came to an agreement after going through the process of how they eradicated malaria and now are helping other countries to do the same. So we got the blueprint uh, that I brought back to my country, uh, which was never worked on in the same way that Cuba had done it. Now, it is one of the things I proposed to my team that in our manifesto, we need to deal with this because malaria still remains as... um, the biggest killer in our country. So I think that eradicating it um, would mean that we save a lot of lives, and it is a priority for me, yes. So the answer there is yes. And I must confess that your line was not that good, Um, but the last question, the last issue you raised on uh, insurance for depositors, I think as we work on the economy, we think that in the absence of that, uh, we'll continue to experience uh, devastation in terms of people uh, losing whatever they have brought, whenever there is a destabilization uh, or in the economy, and uh, we have had these examples before. So that is something that I will have to bring before my team and look at the alternatives and look at good practices from other countries and see whether we could adopt some of those good practices. Like I said, the second one, I'm not sure exactly what you said. It was not clear. Okay.
5: Yeah, the um, the second one you you um you addressed, and your previous your just made comments addressed the second one. The third one had to do with establishing economic cooperatives. Cooperatives. Uh, we ha- those, The ones we had under
4: unique, Or you are referring to something else. Okay. Excellent. Thank you yeah. so much. We've had them before. We had them before, and I think um, a lot of our people at, 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 at a certain level uh, need to do their business within the corporate uh, scenario. And I think that that is something we are going to look at as well. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. I can um, propose it to our
0: manifesto team that is working.
4: Thank
0: you so much. I appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. Before we move on to the next topic, uh, Kelvin, you had a question, right?
1: Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, Dr. Mumbad, good afternoon. This is Kelvin in Indianapolis. How are you, sir?
4: Yes, Kelvin, good afternoon and good morning for you.
1: Absolutely. Uh, congratulations on uh, that landmark decision by the courts and uh, my condolences on uh, the passing of your spiritual mentor.
4: Thank you so much. My, Thank you. My,
1: my, my question relates to uh, clause 30 of uh, the Bill 10, uh, which is uh, repealing and replacing of articles 101, 102, 103 and 104 uh, which states uh, that Uh, It makes basically a provision for presidential candidates to form a coalition government in the event that none of the candidates attains more than 50% of the votes in an election. Let's just say uh, this bill is passed uh, come February, and it's in effect uh, for the 2021 uh, general election, and a situation happens that none of the presidential candidates hits the 50%. Would you, as MMD, form a coalition with the Patriotic Front or with the opposition? That's question number one. Question number two, Dr. Mumba, you currently have members of parliament, uh, MMD members of parliament, that are cabinet ministers in the PF government. What's your party's position on that? Are you going to ask them to resign or are you going to expel them from the MMD? Thank you. Thank you.
4: Well, let me be quick because your question is really straightforward. Let me uh, start by saying we do not have any movement for multi party democracy members of parliament in government as cabinet ministers. Um, no, we don't. Um, there are those who used to be movement for multi party democracy members like Honorable Dora Celia. But she's patriotic front. She stood as a patriotic front member of parliament. Uh, we have um, uh, uh, Honorable Mwale, uh, uh, he is a PF uh, member of parliament. Uh, we have Honorable Bowman Lusambo, he is a PF member of parliament. So we do have, we don't have any cabinet ministers um, under uh, uh, the patriotic front. So. Having said that, uh, when it comes to the provision from Bill 10 that you have talked about, I think it will be incumbent on all the three major political parties once the election has been decided. If that bill goes through, whichever way it is, whether it's MMD or whether it's UPND or whether it's uh, patriotic front, because, you know, one thing I want to make clear to our people, both here in Zambia and abroad, is that the issue of politics is an amazing uh, phenomenon. It's like football in Zambia. Uh, Those of you from Zambia, you understand that uh, there's a saying that So we could be, there could be a political party trailing behind, and it could actually jump and get ahead. And that's really my conviction on the New Hope MMD. That's where I want to push it, Uh, because not too long ago, the UPND was like a distant third political party until we had problems in MMD, and they overtook us within one cycle uh, because we faced those problems. I believe that if it had happened that way, and it had happened in other places as well. It can also happen. Any political party can from jump to the front if they are focused, their message is clear, their candidate is, 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 is liked, and... Uh, they can amass that support within the last one year. So, any one of the three political parties is going to have to seek for an alliance if the fifty percent plus one is not attained, or uh, there's no majority uh, in one of uh, the three political parties. So, yes, even MMD at that political particular point, we um, will probably need to find a partner with which to form government.
0: Okay. okay? What was, did he answer the second question? What was the second question?
4: I've already answered because I started with the second question. Yeah, yeah. And he, then the
0: first question. Okay, okay, excellent. He has. The, le, 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 let's make some progress here. Dr. Mumba, you are dubbing or labeling this MMD as New Hope New Hope MMD, and uh, obviously trying to move away from the previous, the, the other MMD and give your followers, the nation, a new image, a new vision, and a new direction. Uh, Let me throw these questions at you, a few of these. And, of course, as we go along, we shall talk about one or two things. Uh, One of the things that we seem to be dealing with as a nation, and it continues to contribute to the unemployment sector, you have a lot of young people, youths, who still can get jobs, whether they graduate, from the university, college, and later on, the colonial system, which the colonial masters left us with with qualifying exams at grade seven, now we have grade nine, that generation we used to do form three. What is the New Hope MMD's education policy?
4: Uh, Fine, thank you so much. Uh, First of all, I I just wanna put in a word there on uh, what you touched concerning the New Hope. Um, As you're aware in 2011, the movement for multi-party democracy was ousted out of office or rather out of office We lost the election uh, under Mm. President Rupiah Banda and went into the opposition Taking over as president of the movement for multi-party democracy It is extremely important for me and my team to interrogate ourselves as to what is it that the Zambian people did not like about that movement for multi-party democracy For me to take that same movement for multi-party democracy and represent it to the Zambian people again would be a sign of arrogance, and I think that MMD would be thrown out the same way it was thrown out in 2011. Our idea, uh, and my idea, is to ensure that we recreate this movement and give it the touch of the new movement in the country of the young people, incorporate their aspirations and the things that they believe are important to them. And also let them know that we feel with them and we have their, their aspirations at heart. And we have to prove that to them, that we are not the old team. So this, you will be hearing more and more, that we are the new hope. We want to present this new hope to the Zambian people, that, yes, uh, we brought the hope of, we, su- we successfully brought party uh, democracy, which is what Zambian hoped for during the Kaunda days, Now we are bringing a new hope of real integration into the international community, global uh, economic uh, framework, and also to create opportunities for our young people to succeed and to prosper. And we'll continue to deal with that back here at home. But going uh, forward in the educational sector, I have made it very clear, and I've said it many, many times before, that Zambia should never, ever be a copycat or never a carbon copy of either britain or any other western world we Mm -hmm. inherited a lot of western and especially to be more specific uh the british education system uh most of it which was greatly flawed in relationship to our own aspirations and our own needs as a country so the new hope movement for multi-party democracy is going to ensure that we have a home breed approach to education we are going to ensure that the education we offer our people will answer the questions of our country, which cannot be answered, uh, maybe to say, by other educational systems. So we are very, very uh, uh, um, desirous, and uh, also we are going to, uh, to attempt to do things differently in order for uh, education to reflect our own needs. We will seek to integrate with the international community at the technology level. And I'm very happy that uh, Africa is no longer just a user, a user of technology, but now we are becoming producers and manufacturers of some of that technology. That's why I want to take my country. Uh, we don't want to be getting cell phones from America. We can make them here, like Rwanda. No. So we want to move this country from just being a copycat to becoming an originator of ideas, our own system of government, and our own system of education that reflects the needs of our people. So, yes, uh, if an educational principle from England is a good one, we shall keep it. But if it is not serving the interests of the Zambian people, then New hope a movement for multi-party democracy will have to depart from there.
0: One of the key issues as well, Dr. Mumba, is uh, in, when, when the political parties are campaigning, and you just said it yourself that you'll be going on a national tour, the rural areas or remote areas of Zambia are key to anyone winning an election. So the vote there is critical. It's key. However, this key critical vote doesn't seem to see any infrastructure development in any sector, education health, water, sanitation. Some places, you know this, you've gone across the country. Some places still look like we are still under colonial leaders.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, uh, I was very young during the colonial days. I was only four years old. But listen, (laughs) um, (laughs) some of the places were pretty good, I can tell you that, during colonial days. looked better that time than now.
6: Uh Uh-huh.
4: I think I'll be unfair. I know I'm opposition and I should just be opposition. But during our, our 20 years in government, uh, there was quite a lot that happened in different places. But also, let me take Chinsali, my home district, as an example. Uh, if you flew down today and mm. flew into Chinsale, uh you'd be surprised what you're going to see in terms of infrastructure development. And of course, maybe it's because it has been made into a provincial capital, and the infrastructure has to be uh, raised in order to uh, to pass for that status. But there are certain places where, in fact, in Chinsali we have two universities uh, now, yes. and um, the infrastructure is is there, uh, and it's good to see my my town, uh, or rather my district, becoming a town. But mm-hmm. I hear you you mean uh, is that enough the answer is no I am far from being satisfied in how we are serving our rural areas and this aspect of getting votes from the villages and leave them where they are it's a terrible political strategy which was used in certain parts of the world to oppress and use the voters because as long as they remain uneducated they remain as villagers they can't decide for themselves that every election cycle you can go and use them to get the vote and you are scared to educate them because if you do educate them they'll make mm-hmm. intelligent decisions voting so we are going to work against that and you must understand nathan that i'm not only a politician i'm a man of the cloth. my interest is the development of our people not to use them as tools to get where i'm going but to ensure that i give a quality of of life to them because I'm not only going to answer before the next set of voters, but I'm also going to be answerable before the face of God. So I want to make sure that I do what is in the interest of God's people in order for me to satisfy those two fronts.
0: Yeah, it's it's very important, Dr. Mumba, because, I mean, some places are... they have a, what you call it a clinical officer who's both the midwife, the dentist, and every. I know I'm exaggerating, but you're getting my message here. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> so you, <you're> <laughs> no, 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 no! I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to make yeah, a point right. that the health officer, I mean, carries out responsibilities which are beyond their credentials or qualifications. I mean. The educational, the, the, health, the people in the health sector here, <laughs> my sisters zina Amunja and Clotilde can probably uh, argue this one better. That, that's a point I'm trying to make, Dr. Mumba, that things haven't moved. But I know you've responded to this. But we keep going back to these people. It's like what's happening in the U.S. You know, The, the Democrats have taken the black vote for granted and Boom, we got Trump, and everybody's still trying to wake up from that shock, but <laughs> we just need to accept it. Let me ask this question before I go back to the phone lines. Uh, there are so many people want to ask you a question because of this new MMD, New Hope MMD. Um, I cannot remember Lord load Dr. Mumbai, in all my life until we go to this point the argument being given is that there's drought or uh, what's this global warming whatever that argument is coming from i, I don't understand um president silver when he got into power we, zambia had the worst drought i think it was 91 92. we still didn't have load what really is the problem? Where, where really is the problem with this load shedding thing? What is the problem?
4: Well, first of all, let me uh, get rid of your, first, your last part because it will interfere with the main answer if I don't take care of it. When you say that, I think it was in 1993 when there was that drought, uh, mm-hmm. like Chulua had to come in. It was 1993. And yes, you say we didn't have load shedding. Uh, and all that. Um, There are certain factors that related to that. One of them, obviously, is that our population was less, in a way, but also the investment that has come into the mines over the past number of years, and the demand for electricity and for energy has skyrocketed beyond our capacity to sustain, even if there's no drought, um, Mm. our capacity of production of energy uh, is is insufficient to need, to meet the needs of the Zambian people even without a drought now Let me now answer the main question the main question really poses a challenge of good or bad leadership And I think this is a problem that Africa has faced over the years Africa sometimes appears to me as a continent that lives in the now uh, if I've got food for my family today and I can go to such and such a place come back i 'm good tomorrow will take care of itself. The bible says, so there's very little uh, forward looking and strategizing it's only now that i'm interested I'm happy to hear africa uh, the African union now having a, a vision the twenty um, sixty three vision that uh, we are now looking that far ahead. but under normal circumstances, Africa does not have that so Uh, The energy sector of Zambia, unfortunately, is almost the same as the agricultural sector. Both these Mm. sectors have been rain-fed sectors. Agriculture, whenever we have a drought, we we suffer a setback in food security because our agriculture has been predominantly rain-fed. So if the rain does not perform, it means that our economy does not perform. Our agriculture does not perform. Food security is at risk, and it happens over and over. During our time with President Levin, when I was at the late May, so rest in peace, we started to talk about um, yeah, winter maize because we felt that, look, we cannot just be waiting for the rain to come after so many years. We need to know how to fix this problem. But that project did not really... Or continue uh, for us to get ourselves out of this trouble. So we have depended on rent, which is really very backward in today's world. And the New Hope movement for multi-party democracy, we will depart from that thinking because I think our responsibility is to plan ahead. It, got, it brings us to energy as well.
7: Victoria,
4: uh-huh. of course, the hydro uh, places where we get electricity through hydro and through water level. I think in 20. 2019, we should not be looking at just that one source of energy generation. The New Hope Movement for Multiparty Democracy has decided that we are going to go flat out, especially with this experience. We will keep the hydro. It's one of our traditional ways of generating energy, but we're going to go into wind energy, which is doing very well in certain parts of Europe, especially Poland. I mean, it's amazing how that they are almost meeting all their needs. By wind energy and talk about some of the things we have in abundance in Zambia.
0: Okay, um, it looks like uh, did we lose him? Yes, uh, he dropped. Okay, we shall see how we shall we shall get with that. Kelvin, you there? Can you hear me? Yes, Kidas. I can hear you. Okay, excellent. So, I can hear you. so far yes, I can from what you. he, has, yeah, so far from what he has said, uh, we we haven't finished. Let me try to find out what's going on there. So far, Kelvin, from what he has said, uh, your thoughts?
1: Uh, I, I I think. Uh, so, to a large extent, uh, we are just way too theoretical, uh, and we, we're not able to provide the uh, details of what we're going to do if uh, we had an opportunity to form government again. You see that, um, uh, yes, he's touching on uh, wind energy, but you know what I was going to ask him was so the problems we're facing today in terms of load shedding, uh, in terms oh, of okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, traffic yeah. jams,
0: Sorry, sorry Kelvin, he has called back. Uh, Dr. Mumba, please continue.
4: Mumba. Yes, so um, I think I was talking about other alternatives of energy. I talked about wind energy and solar okay. energy within its own, within its own um, uh, space. So mm-hmm. it is a foregone conclusion that the new hope movement for multi-party democracy is going to do as one of the first calls of responsibility and duty ensure that the energy issue is resolved, because inconsistent supply of energy, like we're experiencing now, like electricity, has Mm -hmm. negatively impacted on industrialization, on manufacturing, and even on the job market, because, you know, people are no longer hiring. They're actually letting people go, because... There are no jobs. People can't work the full day because there's no electricity. So to us, it's going to be a major priority, and I thought that I needed to put that in perspective.
0: Yeah, before I ask my colleagues, before I ask Titus and uh, Robert to ask their questions, uh, you, you've alluded to agriculture, which is a huge subject, and it's always believed Zambia could be the breadbasket of the sub-Saharan Africa. Doctor Mumba, we have the a river which runs across the country. I know the Zambezi is on the borders and on this side. Why haven't we de- Why haven't we developed our irrigation system?
4: Well, first of all, I want you to understand that leadership is uh, sometimes. I think leadership is leadership. You know, those are mm. things that can be enacted by a government that decides to do it. We do have the natural resources to support all these things that we're talking about, but there must be political will uh, for that to be done. Uh, Money is spent on things that are frivolous, like you put it a while ago, that really trying to do the Constitution now at such great cost, is it necessary at this time when we really have to save every dollar to ensure Mm -hmm. that We need to get on behalf of our people. So these are choices that politicians make. And this is why, when time comes to choose leaders, Zambians and Africans in general, we seem to have a sickness. We have a propensity of choosing people that will kill us. And then once we have chosen, then for five years we are crying. And then at the end of five years we do it again and start to cry. And this is really something we must, interrogate to ensure that Zambians decide to check all of us out. Nevis Mumba wants to stand for president. Let's do a real scan on him and find out what his history entails. And wow. If they can't do that, they can just vote for somebody because he's so-called popular. You know, we have many popular presidents that have come into state house, but that doesn't mean that we have popularized prosperity in Zambia. Sometimes to the contrary, we have actually depopularized uh, prosperity in our country. So I think these are issues we have to work with, but unfortunately for now, one has to just find a way to navigate through all these negatives and create hope for the Zambian people. And Zambians deserve to have a government that promises something and they see it done. And if we fail to do it as a new hope movement for multiparty party democracy, we must be bold enough to face the television camera. And so we promised you this, but we found this problem, but we would like to work with you to achieve achieve it. Give us two more months. Give us three more months. Give us another year. Let's work together, and we shall deliver on this promise. And that's all the Zambians are looking for. They know we are not Mm -hmm. gods, but we must be truthful. We must be honest when we promise the electorate.
0: Excellent. Okay, let's go to Minnesota, and then we'll go to Pennsylvania. Titus, please go ahead.
6: Yes. Okay.
4: Yes.
1: Hello?
0: Nothing? Hello? Yeah, me yeah. quickly go ahead with your question. Yes.
8: Uh, Dr. Mumba, good afternoon. My question is good simply... Yes, my question is simply... We have uh, heard you talk. I would like to bring you the attention of there is yourself from 1991, you were graced with people coming together in order to host KK, who you all agreed that things are not going right. In this situation, you just won the thing, we congratulate you, but I would like you to put it in perspective. There's Honorable Dora Celia, who's Pedagog MP, former MMD, now PF. What can the minister do? Was the minister an MMD? Now, a minister in PF. And if Dr., if the Dorasphere, Honorable Dorasphere cannot join your new vision MMD, then I think all the players in the game are wasting Zambia's time. And we are not telling the truth. We should be, especially when we go to this area of 50 plus 1, you will find that the same Dorasphere is in PF. Let's say they fail to get 50 plus 1 and this bill goes. And then he picks you to form government. Isn't it the same you who came from UNIP to MMD to now PF? The other one is in PF. And the other one is picking somebody in MMD. How will you move Zambia forward when it's the same people? And I don't understand how MMD can be rebranded. How about, how about, how about UPND? How about UNIP? You probably was in UNIP. Why is nobody reforming UNIP and You believing that UNIP, reformed UNIP with this direction, can perform. I stand to be very confused, and there's also HH who's moving. You can't go that way. You can't go to UNIP. You can only rebrand MMD a new one, and you can form maybe a collision with the DORA. What is better okay today? From UNIP, MMD, PF, to collision government, if it goes that way, the same people. But Zambia is not moving. I end my case.
4: Well, um, sorry, the name again. Mm -hmm. Titus.
8: Titus Matala from Minnesota.
4: Yeah. Um, Listen, Titus, I, I do not know whether I have really gotten your question, but I will do my very best. Politics is like an industry, unfortunately. It needs very few people are courageous enough to step out and get involved in the bare-knuckle world of politics, especially on the African continent. American politics, yes, you can have Congress battling it out with the Senate controlled by the Republicans, and it's all by talk and intelligence and exchange of ideas. It's not the same right now in Africa. So there are only a specific number of people that actually survive in African politics. And some of you guys who are smarter, either in the United States or, or Britain or, or here in Zambia, but really afraid uh, to jeopardize your good names uh, to get involved in this process. So because of that, you'll find that it's dominated by the same people. It's like the business world. Um, you know, they are the same people who buy that other business, and they consolidate it with their business. They sell this. It's the same names in the United States because that's their world. It's a business world. The political world has got its people that work there. Uh, our goal should be to continually encourage the young people to come in and flavor um, the the other ones who are going to be checking out. And, and I do not think, Titus, you can avoid what is happening. When a collision government is formed, we are not the first ones that uh you know, may form a collision government. A lot of countries around the world, including a lot of European countries, now they are surviving on collision governments because the days of 80% victory landslide, those days are over. Where somebody goes to an election and um, goes to an election and um, uh, wins by 70-80% landslide. So I think what you're going to see more than anything else are these. Uh, political parties coming together to create those. But that's not always a negative. I think that it may create the consensus that the Zambians need, that there are people from this group, there are people from that group, there are people from that group representing different interests forming a government. Hopefully, if there's peace in the country, it could also work out um, that development could follow right after that. So I don't know whether I've answered your question but I thought I did not hear it very well, but that's what I can say for now.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess, I think you tried your best. Uh, let's go to Pennsylvania. I don't know whether he's in Pennsylvania. He's another globetrotter. Robert, go ahead.
7: <laughs> good morning, Nathan. How are you? <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning, Dr. Mumba.
4: Good morning for you and good afternoon for
7: us. Oh, good afternoon. That is correct. This is Saturday morning. Uh, Good to greet you and good to speak with you this morning. Uh, I hold in my book, uh, in my hand, the book Zambia Shall Be Saved, The Never's Mumba Story, uh, written by author Kirby. And this book Mm -hmm. has been on my nightstand uh, for years. I keep it next to me um, because uh, I do believe Zambia shall be saved. That message is true. And uh, you have championed that message um, through the years. Um, mm-hmm. One of the endorsements, the first endorsement in that book, is actually by your mentor, uh, and now the late uh, Reinhard Bonke, and uh, he said some very obviously very good things. My question, uh, Dr. Mumba, right now is basically: uh, is this? I, I did see a picture on um, from New Hope MMD. Uh, I think that's uh, a good direction to rebrand the party. Um, you had a steth around your neck, which was very interesting. I do believe that uh, that signifies healing, restoration, and indeed hope. Um, the health system in Zambia has produced, I mean, UNSA has produced some of the best physicians in the world. And at the conference that... Uh, Our brother Nathan and others organized in September in Dallas, you know, a proposal was put on the table, not just a proposal, an actual initiative to build a brand new state-of-the-art hospital in Zambia. Dr. David uh, from Canada is uh, spearheading that along with 40 other uh, renowned uh, physicians both in Zambia and the United States. For something like that to take off, um, a lot of uh, red tape needs to be cleared and the process needs to be made easy, you know. Uh, So my first question is is, is related to that, you know, what can be done uh, under your leadership that will facilitate, uh, that can serve as an incentive for Zambians to reinvest in Zambia uh, with initiatives such as that, the healthcare, you know, bringing state-of-the-art uh, hospital facilities to Zambia. My second part, my second question, has to do um, with uh, <clears throat> the presence of China in Africa. Uh, a lot is being written, especially out here in the United States, on uh, on uh, China moving into Africa in uh, in such a uh, powerful uh, way that uh, uh, it's like China is the new colonial power. And uh, what is your stand on that um, and, uh, and dealing with, with, with that in uh, the presence and the influence of China and Africa, particularly, of course, in Zambia? And uh, what, what is your uh, plan to deal with that once you're in office? Thank you. Thank you, Nathan, well, for the opportunity yeah. to ask Dr. Mumba this question.
4: Thank you so much. Uh, very quickly, let me uh, start with the investment aspect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, under MMD, uh, we, uh, we had to change the law and way that we did business. We created a one, mm-hmm. one-stop facility for those who wish to invest uh, to make mm-hmm. their job easier. Uh, prior to that, you had to go through so many places, so many offices. The red tape was amazing, but we have changed all that to make life easier for the investment and for the investors mm-hmm. that you can actually set up uh, a matter of hours and you'll be through mm-hmm. because it will be one thing. And also uh, any investor investing in Zandia, under the MMD and the New Hope, um, they are really going to go back where they come from laughing uh, because we make sure that uh, their profits are, are properly allowed to be externalized in the manner that, they can reinvest it wherever else they want as long as they pay their taxes in our country and employ our mm-hmm. people. We think that it's important that we encourage them to feel that they are controlling their capital in a way that they can reinvest mm-hmm. it somewhere else. So I think that we have taken care of. We have a history as MMD of creating that environment. That is why we ended up growing the economy by 7% mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. a few of those because of our policies mm-hmm. in that regard. That's number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It's the issue of China. May I also use this mm-hmm. opportunity to announce that act? Um, I am live on our Dr. Neva Sekwela Mumba Facebook uh, as we speak. I'm also live on the new um, uh, uh, for Zambia. Uh, if people would like to watch me and uh, and see my, my African face, so. But mm-hmm. I, I think on China, uh, <laughs> we we have a situation where Zambia has a very long history with China. Uh, We have had a few problems uh, of late, and that is uh, uh, coming from the fact that um, China has its own way of doing business. I Mm -hmm. personally do not believe that China uh, is an issue. What Mm -hmm. is an issue is the way that we prepare ourselves to manage and to handle China. I Mm -hmm. have been a student in the United States, and I know that I do not have the authority to say this but you can prove me wrong since you guys are there. Uh, there are Chinese there, a lot of Chinese businesses and Chinese investment. Right now, you know, President Trump and uh, the president of China, they're discussing all these deals going back and forth. So they deal. Zambia, I mean, America and China do deal. Um, but America has got such a system and the law that is so strong that when a Chinaman comes into America, they have to dance by what they have put there. Uh, the problem mm. in Africa is that our enforcement of our own regulations is very weak. Mm -hmm. And therefore, Mm -hmm. the Chinese are very uh, active and progressive and very aggressive businessmen. So if you Mm -hmm. don't have a system to to manage them and reason with them, you may lose Mm -hmm. control. New Hope Mm -hmm. Movement for Democracy will ensure Mm -hmm. that whether it's a Chinese or a European or an American who comes to invest here. They'll be treated Mm. to the same rules. Mm. And there will be no Mm. changing because of the direction that you're coming from the east or from the west. I think we need to be Mm. consistent in our policies and make sure that we deliver on our promise to our investors.
7: Mm -hmm. That's critical in the sense, you know, obviously for investment to grow, people need to be assured that their investment will bear fruit and that they can reap the benefits of such investment um, in, 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 in Zambia. Um, I have one more question, if I may, and this has to do with the youth. Um, and, uh, and that is, you know, so much we hear about youth unemployment and desperation and losing hope. I mean, when the youth, if the youth lose hope of a brighter future, um, the nation is very much at, in danger of dying, basically. Um, so I want to touch on that one and, and and want to just hear you out on what practical strategies um, the New Hope MMD will implement that uh, will go beyond rhetoric, uh, what kind of job skills training will be instituted, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, again, you know, getting back to the education, I was very happy to hear that about the universities in Chinsali. Hopefully one day I'll visit there. But uh, I just want to... <laughs> Hear from you in terms of um, uh, it's it's almost a movement in itself that has to take place a revolution so to speak uh, to to uh, to to garner uh, the youth and uh, give them that hope but in a very practical way not not beyond rhetoric in fact to go beyond the rhetoric uh, could you could you could you share with us a few strategies that uh, will be implemented or you hope to implement anyway.
4: Well, it may be a little bit complicated to go into the, uh, Detail. the details sure. on uh, mm-hmm. the, the information that we have put together for the young people. Suffice mm-hmm. to say uh, that um, the next next year, 2020, there mm-hmm. is going to be uh, a registration of voter. And mm-hmm. Zambia is now a young, populated country, and mm-hmm. we see a lot of young people getting interested in the political process, and mm-hmm. they are going to be the major deciders of who becomes president in 2021. So it's really incumbent mm-hmm. on all of us in our political organizations to be extremely clear on how we mm-hmm. hope to serve the young people and take care of their interests. And I think mm-hmm. that for ourselves, our young people are hungry in the areas of industrialization in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds mm-hmm. of jobs that I would like them to be involved in. Of course, specialized agriculture. I want mm-hmm. these young people to move from the streets and start to mm-hmm. be re-educated in skills that are going to make them feel proud about themselves and the fact mm-hmm. that they are not, uh, because they're given opportunities. So what we have put in place, and we'll continue working on it to improve it, is in, mm-hmm. my, in my view, I hope it will truly attract the young people to support my, my candidature when I explain mm-hmm. to them how we want them to be incorporated within the issues of industrialization, manufacturing, agriculture, and these are areas in which we think Zambia can actually uh, move ahead of other countries because uh, there are areas that are falling behind because mm-hmm. we don't have young people to replenish those those areas. They seem to you go to Ridola, one of the major manufacturing cities. You look at the companies there. I don't know, maybe half or three quarters, they're all shut down. Uh, and it's mm. something that we have lost. We'd like to ensure we train our young people with education and hold mm-hmm. their skills and help mm-hmm. them get those skills and, and, mm-hmm. and put them
0: on the market. Mm-hmm. So thank, I think you, that's vocation, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Robert. We need to move on here. We have a number of people that would like to ask questions. Let me go to the person mm-hmm. who's on Skype. Uh, Skype, please tell us where you're calling from. Uh, the person on Skype, please go ahead. Okay, uh, if you are ready to speak, just let me know. We need to move on here. Let's go to New York. Noel, are you ready with your question? Yes, yes, I'm ready with my question. Good
9: afternoon, go ahead. good afternoon, good afternoon, Doctor, Doctor I have, um, good, good. I have two. Yes. I have two quick questions. Yes, my first question, my first, both questions have actually to do with uh, you being the the man of the cloth. My first question might might have been answered already because I kind of came into the show a little late. So if it has been answered already, Nathan, just just let me know. My first question is: We have, well, we seem to have a problem with corruption in our country today. So. When you do, or if you do become the president, how will you tackle that as the president and also as a man of the cloth? Because I think those two things go, go hand in hand. My second question is, we have also heard about the new created ministry of religion and its role in government. You as the president and as the man, man of the court, what would your ideas be? On the ministry of religion thank you thank you
4: Um, thank you so much Uh, first of all let me go to your first question um, on corruption corruption is one of the reasons why we branded we decided to brand the movement rebrand the movement for multi-party democracy as a new hope as you are aware one of the reasons why MMD was voted out of office was the perception that the MMD had become corrupt, and therefore I am allergic to corruption and the word itself. And I think under my leadership, I'm not going to fight corruption in the way they fight it. I think I'll fight it in a way that no one will ever dream, not even in his dreams, uh, to be corrupt, because the levels of this, uh, punishment that will accompany that kind of crime uh, will not be desirable for any family, for any individual. So, and the other thing that is really making us fail to deal with this subject of corruption is that as opposition political parties, we personalize this thing and tie corruption just to one individual. So once we remove that individual from office, we think we have, we have succeeded in fighting corruption. But corruption, once it's instituted and it's in the institution of government, It doesn't matter who you put on top. If you don't clean up the institution, um, that corruption remains endemic and continues to be a threat to the prosperity of the nation. So we are going to fight it from its root to ensure that the the institutions of government are dealt with in such a manner that corruption is reduced and removed from those levels. In the same way that I'm going to er eradicate Zambia from malaria, I have made a vow that I want to eradicate corruption from the Zambian uh, scenario so that the Zambian people can once again benefit from the, main, from the many, many, uh, or rather, opportunities that we have been missing uh, over time. So that's all I can say. I know that I've talked about it in a globalized manner, but it's all because of time. But I think that uh, you can be assured that Mumba will not tolerate corruption uh, from wherever it comes from. Whether it's people in my government, it may be my cabinet minister, but if it's found wanting, I want the institutions that are responsible for that to take that person immediately and deal with him. If it's me, if it's my son, if it's my relative, I want them to move without asking that, uh, should we arrest him or should we not arrest him. I think the law must have its own voice, must have its own language and it must have its own legs to walk. And therefore, I think I will protect no corrupt person in order for Zambians to have an opportunity to move forward. The second issue is on the religious ministry. When it was established, I had many, many questions and concerns. I just thought that probably they have not prepared adequately for it. Uh, it was very uncertain as to the role it was going to play, whether it was going to be managing churches and directing pastors how to pastor their churches or how to uh, deal with other religions, it was extremely unclear. Um, Coming into government, I cannot say I'll scrap it, but I'll say that we'll have to revisit um, uh, its role and ensure that it's given a job description that serves in the interest of ensuring that the values uh, that govern us as a people are maintained and protected, but not as an agent or a will that now manages uh, the individual operations of local churches or
0: religion per se.
4: I think that's what I would say for now on that.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Dr. Mumba, Let's let's wind up with these, probably these two questions that were sent to me Uh, The first one, when it comes to investment, and I think Robert alluded to this, uh, previously administrations and presidents and Zambia in general, we tend to focus so much on foreign investments or foreigners. That's why even this issue of Chinese seems to be like a thorn in the flesh to us. what at the expense of indigenous or domestic investments? Uh, The diaspora has never been tapped or engaged. Uh, I think at one point President Banda tried. We have a diaspora policy in place. Uh, I don't even know. Probably it's sitting somewhere on somebody's desk. What's the new OPMMD's policy on investment and relations with its diaspora community?
4: Well, I think you have rightly put it, that um, the movement for multi-party democracy at that time recognized the significance of the diaspora. And they also recognized that their participation in the economy was going to be in the interest of the nation. And I'm very aware of this policy uh, because I was High Commissioner in Canada when it was being worked on, and I was also part of coordinating uh, that policy uh, together with the diaspora in Canada uh, to ensure that this thing uh, came to pass, and I'm glad it did. But I do not think we are really utilizing uh, that policy uh, as we had envisaged. I would like to propose that the New Hope Movement for Multiparty Democracy under my leadership we would like to ensure that investment is tilted and encourages the diaspora because they have a greater interest in their country even more than other investors coming from outside the country because at the end of the day they'll come back to their country or if they don't come back their families are here and at the end of the day they want the success of their country so we'll have to create policies that make it easy for the diaspora to be preferred in a way when it comes to investment. In the same manner, I'm very concerned about local uh, investors themselves. Our local investors, the Zambians here on the ground, do not participate in a lot of these opportunities because of the maybe limited or lack of capital uh, to uh, even attempt to do some of the uh, areas, I mean, to attend some of the projects that can be done. I think, again, it remains for the government to create an atmosphere where its own people are preferred in a certain way in terms of being helped and um, given a leg up so that they can e- e- equitably participate in the economy of their country. The New Hope Movement for Multiparty Democracy will ensure that we work with our local investors, uh, not to make them like they have to wait for a big investor from outside in order to build a road, you know, between uh, 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 Cadway and, uh, uh, and, uh, and Kapirin Porsche. We'd like a Zambian to be able to, to do that road because, you know, the engineers in Zambia are just as good as engineers somewhere else. We've been building roads for the longest time. Zambia is the copper country, and I think that if there's anything to do with mining, the Zambian can handle that very well. So these are some of the things we're going to do.
0: Okay. Are you participating or contesting the 2021 presidential election?
4: Yes, we are. That is why we are a political organization. Um, We are going to participate at all levels. We shall participate at the presidential, parliamentary, and local government. That is the reason for the political organization. That's what MMD was formed for. And that's what MMD is going
0: to do. Okay. How do you respond to the general notion that HH is the only candidate who can defeat President Lungu and that all candidates should form an alliance which is believed to be the only way to dislodge the PF? How do you respond to that?
4: That would be a very simplistic way to look at the general mood in the country today. And I think anybody who thinks like that limits the opportunity uh, for Zambia to recreate itself. Uh, I think you have called it a general notion, and I'm glad you are using the word notion. But maybe the notion was that way before MMD came out Mm. of its problems on the 5th of November. Maybe it was that way because what existed there was a two-party race where PF was this side, UPND was the other side. So maybe those who have that notion uh, have it because there were only two. There's three of us now. And mm-hmm. I think that that may create a different dimension of the political scenario in the country. We have to wait for the next six, seven, eight months for the Zambians to start to wake that notion out. Uh, and, and I think that, um, like I said in the beginning, politics is like football. Uh, you, you, you might think that You are leading in the first half, and you're going to close the game still leading. But in the um, eighth, ninth minute, uh, you can get a surprise corner that changes everything. And therefore, that is the way I look at politics as well, and that is why there is a lot of hope and a lot of faith in the new hope movement for multi-party democracy, that if we can remain steady, the same zeal, the same diligence, the same spirit of fight that was Mm. exhibited by MMU for the past three years of fighting until the 5th of November when this thing was granted to us. We want to translate that energy of commitment, dedication, and fight now toward the bigger election coming in 2021. And I know that in the same way we succeeded on 5th of November, once we get on the ground, we shall succeed at that time if we can keep the spirit the way it has been.
0: Excellent. Dr. Mumba, thank you for kicking off our series in December of politics, governance, and democracy. We do thank you for being there all the time we call on you, and we wish the New Hope MMD and yourself in a personal capacity all the best and success as you go on this road trip uh, around the country to mobilize the party uh, machinery.
4: Thank you so much, Nathan, and to all the team, to your team there, thank you very much for having me as your guest. I feel greatly honored that you used me as your guinea pig uh, (laughs) first first, uh, person to interview. I am greatly honored. May God bless each one of you, and please continue to pray for our country. God bless you, and may God bless Zambia.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, that was our show today, and uh, our series will continue for the whole Uh, month of December, as we shall be talking to our political uh, leaders on issues of governance, uh, politics, and as we go along. Uh, I I want to hear from the ladies here what they think. Uh, um, Anakaz, Yareka, good morning.
10: Good morning. How are you?
0: Doing good, doing good. Uh, I know you're listening to this. Uh, Your thoughts?
10: Well? I think there's a there's a philosopher who said uh, hope is a uh, I think hope is a great fortifier, right?
6: Uh-huh.
10: <laughs> so I think we we have to be um with, I think the the MMD has to be clear on what kind of hope they're bringing and how they plan to pursue that hope uh, because I think people are in despair right now. Uh-huh. So just bringing in these uh vague ideas of how they're going to fix the economy is not going to work. People want something tangible, something that they can see, uh, change that they can actually experience. Not, oh, we're going to do all these monetary uh, changes that don't, you know, the local, the, no, the regular people don't understand those high-level macro, micro, or, I mean, my, my macro changes that are done by mm-hmm. maybe like that goes They don't understand that. So I think, they need a simple um, simple strategy to reach the, the poor, simple strategy okay. to reach the rural areas, simple solutions. So I think for me that's that's what I'd like to see. I think I, we've seen enough of these uh, innovative uh, ideas. Uh, he's talking about technology and all, but I think I want to see something more down to the, to the regular yeah. person, down to the poor people. Those are the ones who are suffering much more than anyone else at this point. Okay.
1: Uh, so, no, so, so, I know I'm not a lady but I would like to echo Yareka's point. Uh, I, I think uh, we, we needed to ask him these specifics we, we are tired of generalization um, I mean his party caused uh, uh, today massive damage in terms of them having a lack of a plan for 20 30 40 years right the load shedding we're experiencing today that was a lack of planning why they implemented the privatization Right? They knew that we we're going to invite uh, foreign direct investment into the country. They knew that SMEs will come up. They knew that the population of Zambia will increase. What were their plans to cater for you know, energy supply in the country? What are their plans today? You see that? When he talks about uh, Africa, the problem in Africa is about uh, now, right? What's the uh, party's plan 30, 40 years from now? Those are the specifics that they need uh, to get into, you see? I, I support Yareka on this. They need to drill down. When they go in those villages, they need to tell my, my auntie, my grandmother, whoever it is in the village, in plain, simple terms, you see, what it is that they are going to do and how it's going to help the people. Natasha Mkwai. Okay. Kloetilda. Uh,
6: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Personally, I feel like Mm -hmm. I
10: think it's too late for Dr. Mumba and the new hope of something. I think the best Mm -hmm. thing he can do is form alliance with the other opposition members because by the time everybody's getting his message, it'll be way past election time.
0: Okay.
5: Okay. You see, that's why I asked
0: that question. Two things I addressed here I raised with him. One, the notion of people saying... The only way to dislodge PF is like what happened in 1991. Literally everybody came together. Then secondly, uh, politicians, our leaders go to rural areas, they get the vote, and you all heard me say, but the things in the rural areas still remain the same. Okay? Uh, That is... mm -hmm.
9: Yeah, go ahead. It is important. Yeah, yeah. I think it is
1: important that uh, it doesn't just jump into forming a coalition movement. If, uh, for instance, their objective goes beyond just being in the house, they mm-hmm. can be a formidable position. We need a voice on the outside that can say no to that. Because if the moment mm-hmm. a, a coalition jumps in, whatever nonsense they bring up, they all jump on board and go with it. But if we can really have an opposition that is uh, has more. Just in being in state house, if they can mm. have a voice in parliament that is strong, when uh, and the, the government will have to court the opposition in order to pass a bill, to pass a law, it implies that the
4: government will have to do some things right, because if they only produce things that are wrong, the opposition will say no. You know, and and uh, the more than one that are strong in certain areas, it implies that you have to produce uh, real development to be able to beat the other person
0: everyone on your team, you don't need to develop anything, just talk and people are going to present you. Mm. Mm. That's true. Mm. We, mm. Have yeah. the, yeah. okay. we have somebody on Yeah. We have somebody on Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Roger. You were following and listening to this and you are on the no, ground back. there. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, my question was supposed to be on Bill 10, uh, first and foremost. PF, uh, uh, MMD, his party, voted with uh, the PF, uh, a document which uh, a good part of Zambia is rejecting. Uh, I-, I wanted to, to have an explanation to him uh, as to how he, uh, they, they managed to, to do that. Uh, the, question, the next one I wanted to find out on the coalition government. Again, PF is accused of being uh, a a, a, corrupt gov- a corrupt government in Zambia. Toxic. Everyone I speak to, um, uh, you know, I talk too much. Be it in the uh, <laughs> near, near the club where they are seated outside, I'm asking questions. Uh, any taxi driver who is driving me, I'm asking questions. The the consensus is the same. PF mm. has uh, has 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 to go. If, for instance, PF somehow magically won the election, how is yes. he willing to partner with them, with the government which is being blamed for being corrupt? Uh, I would have wanted to hear from that because the suspe- the, what people are suspecting is that PF would like that coalition clause to be in there so they can buy them off. We saw what has happened to NDC when they were doing the, uh, the constitutional review. They had to pay yes. uh, people so that they, they can attend. So we know that kind of corruption will continue uh, in, uh, as, as they go forward. So as much as they, our brother, yes, uh, uh, speaks well, uh, I wanted to, uh, to, to hear uh, about, uh, about this thing. And I really uh, agree with you on the question of, uh, let's just be real, uh, Dr. Nevers Mumbi. Let's be real, partner with your friends who have a better chance of removing this
0: corrupt government out of power? Mm. Because, you see, that's why I raised that question, Roger, to say the the general perception out there is that if we have so many presidential candidates, uh, by the way, I, I, I also need to mention here is, uh, although we may seem to be all over the place and whatever, uh, KBF, is that Kelvin Fuguevo, yeah, I asked him to, I've asked him to come on the show to say, look, you guys, like the Alan here is saying, it's like you get this notion that the desire is to enter state house. You know, like, Kelvin, what message is he saying? Hey, we're talking about something. What I'm trying to say is that's why we need to talk to these leaders so that we hear where they are coming from, Roger. You see, the notion of forming... A strong coalition, strong opposition coalition, so that uh, what do you call it? The PF is dislodged. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Let like you say, we well, Noah. Your thoughts on this?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this is Noah in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, so I think I mean I thank the gentleman first of all for being coming on the for coming on the forum and. Mm. discussing his position, I just wanted to sort of play devil's advocate for a little bit here. I think some of us who live in the Western world, we tend to look at uh, life, Mm. the situation, using Western uh, sort of mindset. Because I I just want to point out that you can actually win an election without providing any necessary details or at best not even having a vision. So in Africa what happens in Africa differs from what happens in Zambia. Our president here in the US never gave any specific so I think like I know there's a call for specific details how you're going to move from point A to point B. In Zambia mm-hmm. that is applicable. So don't look at Zambia with a western view and blanket it on Zambia. The gentleman, of course, when he provides the hope, basically Mm -hmm. that's what you need. Because when you look at it from a religious or Christian point of view, you go to church because you are offered hope. You're not given any details of anything. So when you say, no, this guy has to give details, no. You can win an election by not having a vision. You can win an election even here without providing any details. All you need is to get the people excited.
0: That's mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm, excellent. Yeah, uh, as we move on here, please remember that uh, on top of the hour, uh, Yareka is uh, hosting a health forum. They'll be talking to the board at uh, Lukama Antano. Mm, is that the way? Lukama
10: Tano, yes.
0: Lukamantano, please. Which part of Zanga is it?
10: Chilanga. That's around Chilanga area.
0: Okay, that that health project. Okay, Luca Mantano, yes. a potential partner for the newly established uh, global health alliance. That's Yareka coming up in a few minutes here. Uh, Thirteen minutes to be specific. Let's be uh, let's be there to support and uh, stand for Dr. Dr. Patrick. Um, you you came in from a, <laughs> what they say a totally unexpected angle here, Um you talked about eradication of uh, malaria, establishing FDIC. I don't know what type of equivalence exists in Zambia, Yareka, for FDIC and economic cooperative. What, what was what, Dr. Patrick? What was in your mind when you were throwing these things, these questions to Dr. Mumba? Dr. Pa, Okay Let me go to my brother Titus Who echoed a very very uh, Titus I listened to Dr. Mumba's Interview on Prime TV And uh, The question That you raised came out Very strongly Is it Actually Is it the severe Chairman, is it Saviour Mwamba? No, no, no. What's the name of the Saviour? What's his name? The other Chishimba. Is it Saviour Chishimba? The other presidential yes. candidate, the one who's who's very, he seems to be very agitated about a lot of things going on. Titus, the question you <laughs> <he> raised is always is mad. He's upset. He can choke that somebody over my this.
6: Savior.
0: Well, Saviour Taraseka. Titus, you raised the point to Dr. Mumba about recycled politicians, which Senator Simba is addressing as well. You cannot expect any change from politician who trot from political party to political party. Titus, Mr. Natara.
1: Okay,
5: uh, so right, uh, Lee. Nathan, I'll, yeah. I'll come in at the end. I'll come back to you at the end. I'm I'm still with you.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, that, that, that's a very frustrating point, Roger. You could tell from, uh, what do you call it, from uh, Titus's uh, voice, or, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, so, so, <laughs> some of these things. I, I was doing my best not to be not to come out in a very personal and frustrated way, uh, Noel. Well. Uh, some things are frustrating, okay? You, you, we're talking about the issue of unemployment in Zambia, and you're really not dealing with the root cause of unemployment. When you have people failing at grade 7 and grade 9, as it were, people are graduating from college, from university, and uh, the unemployment keeps piling up. Uh, what's up with that,
9: Noel? It's, it's 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 all because there's no plan for the youth and there's no yeah. plan for un, for unemployment. It's just simple because mm. if, if there was a plan, we have, would have seen the implementation of, mm. of what plan it is going to be so far. So we haven't gotten mm. any plan to, for Mr. Mumba and we don't have any plan from the ruling, the the, the the ruling government. Yeah, that is why we have so much unemployment and so many youths on the street because the plan is not is just
0: not there. Yeah.
9: Uh, good morning,
11: good morning, Mr. Nkama, Thank you very much, and uh, 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 Doctor Mumba left already. I would like to say thank you to him for joining us and to share his. Uh, view on the country, although I did not agree with so many things that uh, he brought up about education. I don't know the Uh way he was going on education. I I think that just rubbed me the wrong way. And and, uh, of this thing of saying uh, 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 sometimes our leaders, they think they know better than we do.
9: Uh, Uh I grew
11: up in the Copper Belt. I grew up in the Copper Belt. And uh, the Zambians they can identify with me those who who are who are poor. We we struggled a lot to sell cigarettes uh, uh, sticks on the street, playing cards, and making uh uh you take a rubber and uh, taking uh, uh uh doing like lifts you know, and no government that came. We were doing this. The only thing we wanted. It's someone to come up with, uh, just like it, uh, 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 Dr. Patrick was uh, alluded to. Number two questions: to make sure that our investment was secure. The same thing when I came to this country, not the president was involved in my uh, starting up my own, own and an operator business. It's because of hanging out with guys who are back. Their background was uh, the mechanics, trucks, and uh, we we, we talked about all, those, all these, these kind of things. And for Dr. Mumba to come and say he's going to change and he's going to make employment for the, for, 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 for the people, that kind of, a, me, me, to be honest, it rubs me the wrong way, you know, okay. because the, the way I grew up, you know. I'm not, a, I'm not lazy. I'm a hardworking person. I just need a government that's going to leave me alone. And two things, and uh, protect my investment, you know. So just yeah. like uh, I alluded to, you know, the thing is, uh, listen to the people, what they needs and what 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 the community uh, is looking for. Then advocate for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Not saying like uh, I'm, I'll come and do this for you or do this for you. Those kind of politics, you know, our i will finish quick. Okay. We just had this experience with ambassador with the two Zambians that were arrested, the way they've been called the names, you know, and the way the custodian of the law responded to these guys who are struggling with the moral, with everything that's going on, the way they were, they were labelled, you know, even if you don't agree with them. Then the leader coming on the TV, the way he responded to the question, and you're going to tell me when you are in a secure place, in a building, that's the only way you can respond. That's the only way you can negotiate to, uh, 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 to, to solve a problem. That's the only way you can only negotiate when you fly, you go outside and come and tell us that we have signed a lot of bills and we're going to do a lot of things. But when it comes to issues like that, you come and respond on TV and uh, you are sending us everywhere you know you, well, i mean uh, that that is and only i mean uh, for for the ambassador for i mean uh, Fortier, uh, or uh, to, to the way you responded and the allegation he made about uh, the the government media and we are not taking seriously, and we are not challenging i'm glad you brought the, the president and we're not challenging our leaders like you, you, know,
0: yeah, you say let me tell you this, and what you are saying. Is it, you see, I just didn't get to those points. Those points of you see, Ambassador Forte raised a lot of issues in his statement, and all the nation could do is just respond to that thing of saying no. Anyway, for me, it, it's just being short sighted. Doctor Patrick, you have the last word. We have three minutes.
5: Yes, I would like to compliment. Our brothers and sisters for being on the mark with every question. I tell you, uh, Dr. Mumba did not walk away without any thoughts left on his mind, and the challenges were outstanding and great. So that, that's that's what I like to say. And uh, more of this outstanding program, Nathan. Outstanding program. Thank you,
0: thank you, sir. Yeah, everybody. In December is dedicated to issues of politics, governance, and democracy. So, the, if you have KBF, I'm working on getting KBF. Uh, next week, I may have Jack Mwimbu, UPND uh, Chief Whip in Parliament. Uh, you need uh, also the branding, in case you didn't know. We are working on that. And we may also bring the controversial Mr. Tutwa, Honorable Tutwa, the one who is speaking on behalf of UPF, to talk about the BU10.
9: And you Unip is, so. is rebranding
0: <laughs> yes, you don't know that,
9: oh okay, oh, okay, no, 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 I mean, I mean, now, now you know now I can have the choice of you know, oh' in case, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are giving every party an opportunity to sell their message, whether they've got five members. <laughs> Whether they've got five members or 600 members or 600,000 members, they will get an opportunity to sell their, their vision. Okay. And so that's that. Keep in touch. Stay in touch. And uh, watch this space. I'll be letting you know on my Facebook page who is coming up next week. It could be Tutwa. It could be Mwimbu. It could be Unip. It could be KBF. It could be anybody. Thanks, everybody. Let's go back in and join Yareka as they discuss a health forum with the board members of uh, that Chilanga project.
6: Thank you. <laughs> Kupaa rajina batwa mushe ko malelo lipazulika likale tuna kalapo konbwela lelo eka siti kumbukila kweta chokela amaikuputika mutima amazo ati tazisoa ni maona misozo ni maso mwake ni